Amen. Uh, well, guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm in Matthew chapter 18. We're just going to read the first five verses. That's it. We're going to focus on these five verses all morning long. Uh, and the Word of God says this. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, so who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, other translations say, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? Uh, so who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child uh, to him and he had him stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom. And so uh, if we're going to talk about being great and, and what greatness in the kingdom of heaven uh, is like, we kind of need to start with this truth because it kind of sets the stage for our three weeks together. Uh, and let's just start with this fact, guys. There's a kingdom, okay? That's the first point this morning. There is a kingdom, Right? In fact, guys, uh, so Jesus, before he starts his public ministry, spends 40 days in the desert being tempted. The first thing he does when he gets out of the desert, if you follow along in Matthew chapter 4, is he preaches his first sermon, which is way shorter than mine is today. It's one verse. Uh, here it is on the screen, uh, Matthew 4:17. He says, "Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near." Right? So that's, that's the first thing he does. Now the very next verse in Matthew, from 18 to 22, then he calls his first disciples, he calls Andrew, he calls Peter, he calls James, he calls John. And then the very next verse, Matthew 4:23, it says, Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom right? The good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Now that healing uh, attracted crowds. And so the crowds began to follow Jesus. So we get to Matthew chapter 5 now, crowds following Jesus. He's up on a mountaintop. He's teaching. It's his most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And guess what? He's talking about the kingdom again. And he says this in Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. In fact, guys, Jesus was so kingdom-minded that when his disciples asked him how to pray, uh, his response was that they needed to pray about the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, he says, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we're going to talk about being great in the kingdom, we have to start with this truth that there is a kingdom, and Jesus talked about it a lot, right? Jesus talked about it a lot. So if there is a kingdom... If there is a kingdom, what do we need to know about it? The first thing we need to know about this kingdom, it is radically different from the world. This kingdom of heaven is radically different from the world. So if we fast forward to Matthew chapter 18, which is where the disciples' questions arise, they're like, like hey, uh, who's, who's going to be the greatest? So, so Jesus, from the first day they met him, from the first day they met him, he's been talking about this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven, from day one, right? And, and so when we get to Matthew 18, Jesus has just said something else to them for the second time. Uh, he's told them he's going to die, right? He's like, hey, by the way, I'm going to die. So he's been talking about the kingdom uh, almost every day, probably, uh, since they've known him. And then he's like now saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to die. So he reminds them the second time that he is going to die. Uh, and he says it in Matthew 17, 22, 23. Uh, it says, as they're gathering in Galilee, Jesus told them, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They're going to kill him. And on the third day, he's going to be raised up. And they were deeply distressed. Uh, that word distressed, it means they were super uneasy. Right? They, just, they, were like, they, they had that sickness in the pit of their stomach, like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't right. Now, we also know this about these guys. Even though Jesus constantly called it the kingdom of heaven, they thought it was an earthly kingdom, right? I mean, 
hello? He, like, he, like, what else could I say? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. They think it's an earthly kingdom, and we know they think it's an earthly kingdom because even after Jesus' death and resurrection, they are expecting an earthly kingdom. In Acts 1.6, uh, it says, uh, so they had come together. They asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time, to us? They were expecting some political, earthly, down here kind of kingdom. But Jesus didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to establish a spiritual kingdom. And we know that because when he talked to Pilate, uh, he told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Like Pilate's all threatened. He's like, dude, you don't have to be threatened. I'm not trying to take over from you. My kingdom's not even of this world, yet they're going to kill Jesus anyway. So, uh, so the disciples, the question is, what, what, are, they, what are they thinking? Right? They're envisioning an earthly king. What are they thinking when they ask Jesus who's going to be the greatest? Why do they ask that question? I'm going to tell you, I think it's pretty basic. They are viewing the kingdom of God. This is where we come in the story because we do the same thing. They are viewing the kingdom of God through an earthly lens. They're thinking about godly things through human brains. Right? And we do this all the time. Right? It's one of our biggest errors, spiritually speaking. And, and so they're viewing the kingdom of God, and they're thinking of it kind of like this pyramid. Right? I'll, I'll show you. Uh, so they're thinking like, man, Jesus is on top, and then they're like, we're next. Now, on that next level of disciples, there's probably two branches, because you've got the inner three, uh, Peter, James, and John, then the rest of the disciples. But they're, they're like, hey, which of us, you're going to go. You just told us again, you're going to go. So who's going to move up? right? That's how we think. Who's going to move up? Who's going to take responsibility? Who's going to be great in the kingdom? Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's some serious pride in there. Peter's a prideful dude, right? Uh, James and John, prideful dude. And, and I, I, I always like to put myself, um, like, like, just think, what was Jesus thinking? You ever think that? I wonder what Jesus was thinking. He had to be thinking, the greatest Peter? Really? Dude, your love is like a roller coaster, bro. You're so up and down. You're going to deny me here in just a few days, right? Really? You want to be the greatest? He's probably looking at James and John. You guys want to be the greatest? You wanted to kill an entire race of people just because you didn't like them. You just wanted to rain down fire on heaven. You want to be great? No, thank you, right? But he doesn't do that. Jesus reserved. Because since day one, as Jesus has been talking about this kingdom, he's also been talking about the structure of this kingdom. And, and, and he... Like the first clue we got was there in the Sermon on the Mount. I'll put it on the screen again. Uh, well, let me show you the picture and then I'll put it on the screen. So his kingdom is actually the opposite. <laughs> See, in the kingdom of God, the greatest is down there at the, at the bottom, not up at the top. It, it's an upside down kingdom. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For they're the ones that are going to inherit the kingdom, right? That's Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor. Like in what kingdom are the poor the ones that are on top? In what kingdom are the poor, the ones that are regarded as, as, as the cream of the crop? But Jesus is like, in my kingdom, those are the people that are blessed. He says, in my kingdom, the, the, the last shall be first, right? And so this kingdom of God, guys, we need to understand, it is radically different from what we are used to. And if you try to do Christianity, if you try to study the Bible and apply it through a human lens, you are going to fail miserably because here's what we do. When we, when we view people through an earthly lens, there's two major commands. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. But if we live in the flesh and we view everybody through that, that other triangle, we start filtering out people that can't help us. We walk into a room and there's automatically half the people that we want nothing to do with. They can't help me, right? I'm just going to talk to the ones that can because I'm trying to move up the ladder, and we even do it in church, okay? 
So we start with the fact that there's a kingdom. Secondly, that the kingdom is radically different than that of the world. Uh, third point, uh, and this is kind of a big one. See, because the point that Jesus is going to make about greatness is important, but he actually makes a, a more profound point first, and it's this, that a better question than who will be the greatest is who will make it into the kingdom at all. Right? A better question than who will be the greatest is who, who gets in. That's, that's the better question, quite frankly. Uh, because the disciples come to him, they're like, hey, hey, uh, teacher, yeah, yeah, uh, of, of all of us, which, which one's going to be in charge? Right? Which, which one of us is going to be the greatest in your kingdom? And Jesus' response immediately, the first thing he says is not about greatness. The first thing he says is this in verse 3. He says, truly I tell you, unless you, he's talking to them, right? He's not talking to some crowd. He's talking to the guys that just said, can we be the greatest? Can we be the greatest in your kingdom? So he's speaking to them. He says, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never even enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoo! Better question, rather than who's going to be the greatest, is who's going to get in. And so he tells his own disciples, guys that he loves, guys that he's called to follow him, hey, you've got to change, right? You're worried about self. You're worried about status. You've got to change, or you're not even getting into my kingdom. Why? Because humility is required. So he calls up a child. Now, can we say this about kids? I've got four of them, so I'm going to speak from experience here. They're not the most selfless people on the face of the planet. Just a general statement, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I still have children that do this. Look at me, Dad. Look at me. Watch this. Look at here. And if you have multiple like we do, like there were phases that I was like, I just need earplugs. Please, God. Right? Look at me. Look at me. Look at this. Look at this. And you had to look because they were like, my boys were like jumping off of things. Like, hey, Dad, watch this. Ah! And it's like, oh, dear gosh. Right? So you had to pay attention. You couldn't tune them out. Right? So, so when... When Jesus calls a child to him, he says, hey, hey, listen, you've got to be humble like this. He's clearly not talking about that. But what do kids not care about at all? They don't even recognize it. It's status. Until you put a phone in their hand, they have no clue what popularity and status are about. They're not, they're not living for likes. They're just living. They're, in, they're full of love. They're trusting, Right? They're compassionate, and, and, and it's all about relationship with kids. And Jesus is like, listen, you want to enter the kingdom? Like, that's who you have to be. You've got to be people that stop caring about status, because by the way, following Jesus, y'all, isn't easy. In fact, he, he actually said it's the opposite, right? And it's really, really, really hard. We're going to be persecuted. He says, that's a promise, okay? And so if you're looking for anything different, Jesus is like, I'm probably not for you. Probably not for you. The kingdom looks, looks different, right? So, so the better question, and because Jesus asked it, he says, unless you turn. That word turn, it means change. It means repent. It means to turn from your pursuit of selfishness and sin and to turn to God, to turn to Jesus. There's got to be a turn. And because Jesus asked the question, I think we should too. We're here to talk about greatness in the kingdom. Guys, I, listen, I want your spiritual legacy to be awesome. Right? I, I want your spiritual story to impact generations. I, I really, really do. But before you can be great in the kingdom, you've got to be in the kingdom. And so we've got to ask the question, uh, and, and quite frankly, like, have, have you done that? Have you turned? Have you? That's what Jesus says. To get in the kingdom, the first thing you have to do is turn. You have to turn from your own sin, your own, your own pursuit of self and, and pleasure, and you fill in the blank, and you've got to turn to God. God say, God, I'm sorry. God, I need you. God, come into my life. And so this morning, we had three 
teenagers just a second ago, and that was just a symbol of a decision they made over a year ago that they said, I want to I turn from my sin. I want to follow Jesus. Guys, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Every single one of us are sinners. We've all done something wrong. And you can either in your pride stand up and go, no, I'm a good person. And you try to stand before God in, in your, your, all your good works. I have a, there's a problem with that. God is not good. He is holy. It means set apart. It's perfect. And the Bible says God can't have anyone that's not perfect in his presence. And so our goodness, our, our pride and, and how we're such good people doesn't get us into heaven. In fact, it keeps us out. So he says, no, you've got to turn. You have to turn from yourself and your belief in yourself and you have to turn to me that the only, Jesus said literally, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life and no one comes to the Father except by me. So we've got to turn to Jesus. If you haven't done that, I pray that today that the testimony of these three teenagers would prick your heart and you go, you know what, I want to do that. I want to give my life to the Lord. That, that's the first step to being great, okay? That's the first step to being great. So better question, there is a kingdom, it's radically different than the world. A better question than who will be great or the greatest is who will make it in. And that brings us to our last point. Is that greatness in the kingdom comes from following Jesus' example and taking the lowest position. So, but I do want to be great. How do I be great? Well, you follow Jesus' example and you take the lowest position. Okay? Greatest person who's ever lived, his name is Jesus Say, how do you know he was the greatest? Because he was perfect and never sinned, right? Because literally he stepped out of heaven into humanity and took the sin of the world on his shoulders so that we might be saved. Pretty great, okay? And, and, and so, so he says, like the Bible says that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant to the point of death. That's the model. And when Jesus was down here, he focuses on two things, y'all. His focus is not on himself. It's crazy. He's going to the cross. Like the only time he even, even gets near the line is in the Garden of Gethsemane when he knows the weight of the world. is. He's like, Lord, if you could take, if you could. He doesn't say take it. He could have said take it. He could have called a, 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 like legions of angels and rescue me, but he doesn't. He's like, if you could take it. If there's any way, I know there's not, but if you could, this is my flesh. I'm crying out, God, this is hard. But your will be done, not my will be done, Right? So Jesus comes and he models for us what life is supposed to be about. Focusing on God's will and focusing on others' needs. And he lived his whole life focused on those two things. So here's what I'm going to say to you this morning. Humility. Uh, let's just define it if we can. So I like to define things by the opposite. So the opposite we think of humility is pride. Pride's thinking too highly of yourself. Bible says we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we should. Uh, maybe there's a handful of you and, and you are pretty proud. You think you're pretty good people. Uh, I know there's equally as many of you that are the opposite. And you actually think that you're humble. We think the, the opposite of pride is humility, uh, but, it, but it's not. We go way further to the other side and we actually get to a point that goes way past humility. Uh, it's like self-loathing. It's lack of self-esteem. Uh, it, it's a complete, uh, like it, it's just complete insecurity. And some of us have, have talked ourselves into believing that that is humility. And that's not humility either. That's crippling, y'all. See, the Bible's pretty clear about who Christ is and what he's done for us. It's also pretty clear about what we can do through him. And if you think so lowly of yourself that your entire life you're crippled and you don't want to do anything because you think so poorly of yourself, you are not humble. You're trapped. Okay? Humility 
is understanding Christ's greatness and willfully choosing to follow his example by thinking of God and others more than yourself. I'll say it one more time in case you want to write it down. Humility is understanding Christ's greatness and willfully choosing to follow his example by thinking of God and others more than yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. (laughs) It's not that I have to think less of myself. I just have to think about myself less. I need to focus on God. I need to focus on others. So what do we do with all that? First week, we talk about being great in the kingdom. I think there's three things that we could apply this morning, and I'll let you go. Number one, uh, we've got to turn. I mean, that's, that's Jesus' instruction. How do we be great? And he's like, uh, before you're great, you've got to get in. You need to turn. And if you're here this morning and you've never turned to Jesus as Savior, that may seem like super religious to you. It may seem super hard to do. It's not. Um, dummies like me can do it. I promise smart people like you can, okay? I was about 20. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't do this pastor thing forever. In fact, uh, I remember the first time I heard, I, like, I, I, I remember the first like church experience. My grandmother kind of drug me to a Methodist church as a kid. I thought, this is so boring, right? So, like, I, I couldn't, some of you kids were like, yep, I'll get you. I hope we're not that boring, right? Um, but I just remember, like, oh, gosh. And then, uh, and then, and then in my, in my uh, I dated a girl in high school. I had to go with her. Uh, that was part of the dating agreement. I had to show up at church, you know, Church of Christ, like, whatever. I still didn't have Jesus. And so when I was about 20, I came face to face with the Lord, and I heard the gospel, and it was like, man, listen, if you've never trusted Christ personally, I, I'm sorry, but you're not going to heaven. And it, like, hit me in the face. It's like, wait a second, but I know a lot of the Bible. But I've made some changes in my life. I'm a pretty good person. And the guy's like, I'm just telling you what Scripture says. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Have you accepted Jesus? And I was like, I haven't. And maybe that's you today. And you know what? There's, like, that's okay. That's why you're here. So today, just in your heart of hearts, say, Jesus, I need help. Save me. Come into my life. Change me. I don't want to follow me anymore. I want to follow you. You pray a very simple prayer like that and God will absolutely honor it. And the Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord like that will be saved. So that's first and foremost. No one too far gone, no one too dirty for this Jesus. He will meet you where you are, but he also will love you too much to leave you there. All right? So we start there. Turn. Uh, Number two, I want to challenge you this week. If you've already done that, if you've accepted Christ, to make sure that you set your sights on God and on others, right? Set your sights on God and on others. What is the key to humility? How am I humble? I stop thinking about me. That's the key, right? You want to be great in the kingdom? Greatness in the kingdom is living your life for the glory of God and serving others. That's the key. Like, it's, it's not, y'all could come up here and preach this stuff, right? Like, I, I know I got a degree and everything, but like, I, like, like this, it's all right in here. It, it's, it's, just, it's just right there on the pages, y'all. You want to be great in the kingdom, focus on God and focus on serving other people. That's all you have to do. Give your life to those two things and God will use you to do amazing things that you couldn't even think about if you were asked, okay? Make a choice. Choose this day whom you will serve. How will you live? We've been preaching this for for months here. Choose today who you will be, okay? You can be great. Set your sights on God and others. And then finally, uh, stay that way. So here's the way I put that, live, live, live low, <laughs> right? Make, make that choice to live low. So, so Jesus was always good about taking the lowest seat. Um, I don't know uh, 
it, you guys, anybody do the big family gatherings? You'll do the big family gatherings? Like lots of food, uh, everybody's there. Uh, Thanksgiving even, right? Thanksgiving? Okay. Did all that stop with COVID? You guys are like, we don't do that anymore. You got to do that again. Like you invite them over. It's cool. They can believe different things than you. They can like say things that are completely inappropriate in front of the children. Still bring them into your house, okay? It is important. Family matters. It does. And so uh, bring them in to the house. Have the big meals, right? So we used to, my family, um, this is one thing, even though we never went to church, y'all, every Friday night, uh, in Clear Lake, we went to Mario's Pizza, and we had, we had the tables lined out with pizza all over, beer everywhere, and quarters for the kids. It was awesome. It was awesome. We just went and played pool and video games, ate pizza, and like my family did everything together uh, up until my grandparents moved away. It was awesome. But in those family gatherings, there was always a kid's table. Anybody ever been there? Right? And I was the oldest of the grandchildren who really did not want to be. Felt like, like what am I doing with these babies at this table, right? There, we need a baby table and like a teenager table, okay? I deserve my own table. Maybe you felt that way before, spiritually speaking, in life, you name it. But Jesus, when he would show up to those gatherings, he was never afraid to go take that lowest seat at that kid's table. He would walk in the room and say, hey, I'll wash your feet. I'll, I'll be the servant to you. That's what he came to do. And that's called living low, y'all. It's making an active decision that we are never thinking that it's about us, that it's for us. Uh, we said this when we, we were getting ready to cross over, that this place, that we were never going to get out of bed and, and, and go, God, I wonder today if they're going to sing the songs that I want to sing. I wonder today if somebody's going to leave me a parking spot or I'm going to get to sit where I want. But instead, we would wake up every morning going, God, how can I serve somebody else? Who can I bless today? Who can I smile at? Who can I hold a door for? You know what? If there's a toilet, I'm going to clean it. I'm not going to ask them. I'm just going to find a brush and make it happen. I'm in. Let's go. And we make an active choice to take the lower seat. And if we do it, God is honored. God is honored. All right? So I want to do this this morning. I want to pray with you. Uh, I'm going to pray with you. So I'm going to ask where you are. Uh, we're going to just kind of uh, dim the lights just a little bit. It's super bright in here. And uh, I, I, yeah, we're going to just dim so nobody's looking around at their neighbor. We're going to come on down with it. And I, we're not playing any music. Uh, but I, I do, I just, where, right where you are, I just want you to close your eyes for a second. And I'm going to ask you a question that I feel like Jesus asked in this text because it is so important. So important. If Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. In our text, he says, you've got to turn. If you're here this morning, and you're just, man, you're feeling a tug right now in your heart, and you're like, I need to turn to Jesus. I need to do it right now. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Just say, I, I just need to turn to Jesus. I say, All right, awesome. Anybody else? Yes, I just got to turn to Jesus. Yeah. All right, so we're just going to pray this simple prayer real quick for those folks. Just say, Jesus, come into my life right now. Forgive me of my sins. Help me live for you and for your glory. I want to be changed. Do that today. For the rest of us, would you pray this prayer with me? God, forgive me of my pride. Forgive me of how often I make it about me instead of about you. Help me live low. Help me actively choose to follow you 
by living for God and living to meet other people's needs, not my own. We ask that in your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen.